Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Very excited to talk to you about a topic today I've been wanting to talk about for some time. But I really had to spend my time preparing for this podcast so I didn't sound like grumpy grandpa shouting at you all to get off my lawn and turn your music down. But I will say there are some principles we're going to share today for better living. And there is not a single thing I'm going to say to you today that you haven't heard before. But perhaps we need a little reminding of. Perhaps you need to hear some things today that will get you back on track or be like a reset, almost like a chiropractic adjustment for your spirit. And we're going to talk today about three principles to make life better for you and those around you. We're going to talk about courtesy, we're going to talk about respect, and we're going to talk about hospitality. Now, as much as we live in a technologically advanced world and a more socially connected world, at least electronically, I think we can all agree on one thing for sure, is that courtesy and respect and hospitality might be at an all-time low. I don't know if you drive on busy roads where you live, but it's been a while since I uh, let somebody in where someone raised their hand to acknowledge, or when people are on the road, sharing the road, or people at the grocery store, or people in many, many public places where there were the common courtesies and respect, there's been an eroding of that in our culture. And people notice it. A group called Stage of Life, and they do research for Time Magazine, Market Watch, and Fox News, a whole bunch of news outlets. They posed a series of questions to over 5,000 teenagers from across the U.S. and around the globe. And here were the questions, and it was, do you think people are becoming less civil? Now, remember, they're asking teenagers which many people would think, courtesy, respect, and hospitality, this is a lecture from an old guy to a bunch of kids. But I want to share with you that our young people are very aware of what's going on. 91% of teens say that civility, manners, and etiquette are either very important or important in their lives. 70% of these teenagers feel society as a whole displays more bad manners than good manners. 92% of these kids said, They felt that social media, Facebook and Twitter, is making us a less civil society. Why? Because you can say extremely critical and crude things to one another without a sense of accountability. Students ranked family upbringing as the number one factor for its impact on civility. And so we have to understand, again, we bear some responsibility in this for those of us that are parents and grandparents. When asked where they learned bad manners, the top three ranking answers were... Number one was 70% media, books, and movies, 65% from school, and 61% from their friends. And so they're picking up bad habits all over the place as kids. They want the families to hold the line, and yet the families, and we have an ongoing crisis of permission parenting, and Beverly and I will record some encouragement on that subject in the months and years to come. And so what's happened is we have some failed parenting strategies going on right now, which is we're giving the kids what they want. We're not holding the line. We don't want to have confrontations with our kids. The kids eye roll or this or that or whatever else. 
And because of that, we're not holding the line. And the kids are being inundated, whether it be the media, the books, the movies, school, friends at school, friends and wherever they hang out. So what's happening is we have this overall slide. So here's the other part of it. When we have less civility amongst the young people, we sure as heck have it reflected amongst people that are older. And so I'm going to share with you right now principles for you and for me to live better in a more enjoyable, more satisfying way. And the principles of courtesy, respect, and hospitality that are thousands and thousands of years old are principles that will continue to live on and allow us to live better and live better lives and more enjoyable lives. So let's talk about it. Let's dive into courtesy. Courtesy by itself is the showing of politeness in one's attitude and behavior towards others. And am I turning into mismanners and telling you which fork to use and all that kind of good stuff? Not exactly. But I want to share with you that common courtesy is not common practice. When my kids, and I've written books about this, I have chapters in books about this, I've covered this in seminars, that, you know, six kids and now from 26 down to 17 with the twins. So from day one, right, 26 years I'm a parent, we had please and thank you, yes ma'am, no ma'am, yes sir, no sir, you're welcome, you know, all the basics. The fact of the matter is, wherever we've gone as a family, restaurants, flights with the flight attendants, gate checkouts, wherever we've gone, people go, your kids are amazing. Not, hey, your kids are very well-mannered. Your kids are amazing. I do believe the kids are amazing, but for a whole host of other reasons. But they say, your kids are amazing because they say, can I have macaroni and cheese, please? And when somebody brings it, they say, thank you. When we finish a meal as a family... Or when I'll bring a bunch of their friends out. Hey, what do you say, guys, at the end? I don't care if it's the fanciest restaurant in the world. I don't care if I've dropped a $400 tip on the guy. I will share with you that the respect that they're shown, the appreciation, makes their job more worthwhile. And it just shows up everywhere. It's not common practice. If it was common practice, you wouldn't get all the things that I see all the time. I see, oh, my Mr. Buffini, can we upgrade you when... You're checking in at the flight and everybody's treating the person angrily and frustrated because the flight's 35 minutes delayed and this and any other. And you give them good energy and you give them good eye contact and you affirm them for doing a great job and doing their best and trying hard. And the next thing you know, oh, Mr. Buffini, we'd like to upgrade your kids to first class. I've had that happen not once, twice, hundreds of times in my life. I've had it happen hundreds of times in my life where we've gone to the busy restaurant we frequented many times and miraculously a table appears. The fact of the matter is, it is received well. The fact of the matter is, it is a blessing to live in it. And it creates an attitude of the heart. It's not common practice. And so you get to be uncommon. That's right. Don't wait for everybody to have great manners. You lead. The book of Matthew says, do to others as you have them do to you, right? Theodore Roosevelt said, courtesy is as much a mark of a gentleman as courage. And Teddy Roosevelt was all about courage. Erastus Wyman said, nothing is ever lost by courtesy. It is the cheapest of pleasures, costs nothing, and conveys much. Lewis Carroll, a famous writer, said, courtesy is a small act, but it packs a mighty wallop. Just courtesy. My wife is a former Olympic volleyball player, but I endeavor for her never to open her own door. She's very capable of opening the door to her car. We're married 29 years. She's a fit athlete, but... I will always extend the courtesy of opening the door for my bride. Just as a common courtesy. It's a very, very powerful thing. 
Henry Wells built Wells Fargo and it became one of the largest companies in America. I think it's top 15 corporations in America. And he said he can sum up the entire business philosophy of Wells Fargo in one word, courtesy. You know, a few years ago, Wells Fargo got into trouble doing some business practices that create a lot of negative press for them and some bad consequences. And at the end of the day, the CEO came out and said, we forgot where we came from. They said, you know, discovered in 1870 or whatever and rediscovered in, you know, 2018. To rediscover, and it's okay. I think it's okay to, to say you're sorry. I think it's okay to miss the mark and then come back. But courtesy, very, very powerful. Be the one that lets the person out in front of you and the person doesn't acknowledge it. The person doesn't say thank you. You be the one. You be the one and you do it for the sake of the right thing. That is what transforms from the inside and works your way out. The next piece is mind your manners. Mind your manners. Clarence Thomas said, good manners will open doors that the best education cannot. I believe that. I believe that good manners are more important than a Harvard education. I will take somebody to come work for me with good manners over someone with a Harvard education. I'll do respect to the folks from Harvard. But if you come with a crappy attitude, get to the back of the line. It's very, very powerful. What if you treated the people you love with courtesy and good manners? Oh my goodness. Someone will think, what's wrong with you? The fact of the matter is, we need to understand the power of these common courtesies that have become uncommon. And so, please and thank you. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. All of that. Oh, I had someone the other day, one of my kids, one of my younger kids said, no, ma'am. And this gal scolded them for calling her ma'am. I, I, I said, this is great. I said, do you want to get into a gender debate? Is that what this is about? Let me ask you this. Would you be okay with the fact that my children are trying to be respectful to you? And so, well, that's not how I like to be respectful. Great. Well, how would you say that in a more respectful way to us? See, I won't take any crap on that stuff. I don't take any crap from my kids growing up. Please and thank you. They did it on occasion with bad attitudes. I didn't care. They were going to say please and thank you. And so, very, very powerful. Very, very powerful. Mind your manners, your manners will mind you. And then the last thing here is that it's nice to be nice. It's nice to be nice. There's a car dealership in San Diego where they actually have this as a jingle, where it's so nice to be nice. It's a great idea. It's nice to be nice. Guess what? You get to go through life with a smile instead of a frown. You get to, you know, have a great attitude instead of a grump. It's actually nice to be nice. It pays off in the short term, the long term, the psychological, the sociological, the physiological. Eric Hoffer said, kindness can become its own motive. We are made kind by being kind. I love that. We are made kind by being kind. John Ruskin, who was an art critic, said, a little thought and a little kindness are often worth more than a great deal of money. And I believe that. Mark Twain said, kindness is the language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. So, courtesy. Common courtesy is not a common practice. We've got to mind our manners, and it's nice to be nice, and it's a great way to live. The next piece I want to talk to you about is respect, okay? And the late Aretha Franklin, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. So I have a little acrostic for you I'm going to go through here for the word respect. So the first part of respect is the R, which says revere. We need to revere other human beings. I happen to believe when I stand in front of 5,000 people on stage, here's how I get my mind right. I go, these are all children of God. That's how I view it. No matter where somebody's coming from, what they're going through, what they've done, or where they've been, 
these are all children of God. I revere them and I revere them and I respect them. And so I give that reverement to them. So I put my best efforts forward. I put my best attitude forward and I never patronize an audience. Even when I'm trying to be funny or make a joke or whatever else, I will never patronize an audience because I revere them too much. Albert Schweitzer said, ethics is nothing else than reverence for life. And so I think revere is the R in respect. The E in respect is esteem. Einstein said, I speak to everyone in the same way, whether he is the garbage man or the president of the university. These are brilliant people. Albert Schweitzer, Albert Einstein, and they're talking about respect and courtesy and these basic things that are no longer common practice. The S in respect is serve. Tolstoy said the sole meaning of life is to serve humanity. Muhammad Ali said service to others is the rent you pay for your room here on earth. I'm intentionally quoting these great human beings that lived on this earth to show that these basic small things are of enormous importance. The P stands for polite. And polite is an attitude of the heart and then practical things that you do. Politeness is an inexpensive way of making friends. Politeness is the flower of humanity. A couple of great quotes there. The E in respect stands for encourage. Encourage. I love the idea of being an encouragement to other people. This podcast is designed to encourage you, not beat you up. I don't mind saying hard things. I don't mind challenging you. I don't mind encouraging you to up your game. But I also want to be a source of encouragement. I want you to get off a podcast and go, man, I, I feel better, you know? A great anonymous quote says, be an encourager. The world has enough critics already. Amen? Isn't that true? And it doesn't take anything to be a critic. It doesn't take anything to be a cynic. It takes a lot to be an encourager. And encouragement is giving courage to other people. Zig Ziglar says, when you encourage others, you in the process are encouraged because you're making a commitment and a difference in that person's life encouragement really does make a difference. I believe it. Give it out in slices, it comes back in loads. So we have the R is the revere, E is the esteem, S is the serve, P is polite, E is encourage, C is care. You know, the old phrase from Lou Holtz is that people don't care much you know until they know much you care. And caring about others, running the risk of feeling and leaving an impact on people brings happiness. That was Harold Kushner, who's a famous rabbi. So caring about others, running the risk of feeling and leaving an impact on people, that's what brings happiness. Plato said, caring about the happiness of others, we find our own. Okay, we're quoting some giant people here today. And that's what I want to share with you. If you want to grow into the person you're destined to become, these basic civilities, courtesy, respect, hospitality, this is the simple stuff that greatness is born in. I really believe this is the soil of greatness. I believe all of these things that we're talking about, the R and the E and the S and the P and the E and the C, lead to the ultimate dynamic of the human condition, which is trust. We all want to find trust with others. We want to be trusted. Trust is a precious, powerful thing, and it requires this respect. Trust is, that's the big payoff in all of this. Trust is the glue of life, according to Stephen Covey. It's the most essential ingredient in effective communication, and it's the foundational principle that holds all relationships together. Powerful, powerful. And so the dynamic for me is when I do these things, when I revere and esteem and serve and I'm polite, I encourage and care, and I do that for others, I develop trust with them. But guess what else? I develop trust for myself. I develop trust for myself. 
And so these same things we need to do for ourselves. We need to revere ourselves, take care of ourselves. We need to esteem ourselves, not in arrogance, not in false self-esteem. I'm talking about in real life esteem. We need to serve. We need to serve ourselves so we can serve others. We need to be polite to ourselves and the things we say to ourselves. We need to encourage ourselves so we can be an encouragement to others. We need to care for ourselves so we can care for others. And we need to trust ourselves so we can develop that trust with others. This is a two-way street. Very powerful. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Powerful stuff. The last point I'm going to cover here today is hospitality. So once you have the courtesy, now you exhibit the respect. Now the key is to be a good host. And so I'm going to share with you, I think this is more innate for people who are from countries like Ireland. Because when you're a small country and you have a lot of your income from tourism, and that's what brings lifeblood to your country, it breeds a certain appreciation and respect and courtesy that then becomes part of your culture. For example, one of my favorite places to visit in the world is Bermuda. Just a beautiful place, small island, 22 miles long, 2 miles wide, pink sand, turquoise green ocean. Absolutely magnificent. And, you know, it was a part of the British Empire for however many hundreds of years. And the amount of times that you pull in somewhere, and they've gone, I've been there many times with my family and on business. And, you know, you reach a hotel and they say, welcome home, family. And you go to a restaurant, welcome back, family. It's part of their culture. And it's this hospitality. Ireland is known for its hospitality. And there's many, many thousands of stories that an American would get lost in some little village in Ireland and the next thing you know, a family would take him in and feed them for the night, sometimes have them stay, sometimes take them down to the local pub for a drink. That's not a once in a while type thing. That is commonplace. That's kind of expected in our culture. And so hospitality, it's a magnificent thing. And so there's a couple of tips on how to be hospitable. First, be friendly. Second, be generous. And third, be a good host. And I'll show you this. And then, again, I can't wait to teach you the business applications of this because manners will make you a fortune. They made me a fortune. But this is a great way to live first. And so to do it for the sake of living it the right way and and what it will make of you. So be friendly. How about that? Why don't you try that? If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. How about that? How about you try smiling and giving people good energy? Okay? I just said that. And four people looking at me back in the recording room just all smiled back at me, okay? Hopefully you're smiling listening to me. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. If you're happy and you know it, then you really want to show it. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Don't wait for people to be friendly. Show them how. This is a great anonymous quote. Albert Hubbard said, in order to have friends, you must first be one. So this is where you lead. You lead in friendliness. Now, I've done it where I'll go, hello, how are you? And someone will just look at me and walk right by. And I go, oh, you're having a good day. No, that's not my best moments, okay? The key is to do it, to do it. It's for what it will make of you. It's who you become. You become a friendly person. I'm a friendly person. And so because of that, I give that energy. If that energy is not returned, it doesn't matter. Now, what I will tell you is that when that energy is returned... It's usually in the form of more friendliness. When you smile, you get smiles back. You give it out in slices, it comes back in loaves. And 
I used to witness this with Zig Ziglar all the time. He would just give this energy to people all the time. But he was never tired because he was getting all this great energy back all the time. And human beings feed off one another's energy. If you give out the energy, the thought is, I'm already tired, I'm already overwhelmed. You give it out in slices, it comes back in loaves. That's a fact. Give out the good energy. So be friendly. Next, be generous. Be generous of mind, be generous of spirit. It's just a great way to go. I will rarely tip somebody 15%. That's okay for you, Brian, you're a wealthy man. It just, it makes such a difference. It makes such a difference to just be a little bit more generous. In every context, it's a state of mind for me to be generous. It's a state of mind for me to take care of people, to do the little unexpected extras, to go the extra mile. It's how I live. It's how I live. I get to be a generous person and I get to enjoy it. And people say, well, when were you a generous person? I learned to be a generous person from my mother. Now, if you guys knew how we grew up, I mean, by American standards, we were extraordinarily poor. By Irish standards, we weren't that poor at all, <laughs> okay? We grew up in a 710-square-foot home, five boys in a 9 by 9 bedroom, my sister in the box room, which you could put out your arms, you could touch both walls, right? No heat in the house, and our grandparents would live with us on the weekends. And so 10 people in a tiny little house, one bathroom. My dad was a house painter. And, you know, he grafted it out. And my mom, I don't know how she did it. I used to say all the time, she did the loaves and fishes trick all the time. But my mother was generous. So when she made food for the family, she would then take a dish around to one of our neighbors that was an elderly lady. She would feed the neighbor's dogs with the leftovers. I mean, generosity was just part of it. I never forget when Live Aid was first brought out in 1985, and it was started by Bob Geldof, who was with the band called the Boomtown Rats, and he became convinced that the world needed to do something with the starvation going on in Africa, and he formed this thing called Live Aid. You know, proportionately, that Ireland at the time of the top 50 countries participating in Live Aid was the poorest country in 1985. We were classified as a third world country ourselves. In fact, by economic standards, we were classified very similarly to some of these African countries we were helping. And yet by a factor of four to one, Irish people gave over any other country at Live Aid. The fact of the matter is, generosity has nothing to do with your current economic state. It has to do with an attitude of the mind and an attitude of the spirit. A lot of times what you'll see is the more people have, the less generous they become. It's an attitude of the mind. It's an attitude of the spirit. And I believe being generous has been one of the things that has actually made me a fortune. But it's made me a fortune because I mentally and emotionally became a generous person and then made room for the generosity to be given back to me. Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. John Bunyan said, you have not lived until you have done something for someone who can never repay you. It's powerful, powerful stuff, okay? The last thing here is be a good host. Be a good host. A party without a cake is just a meeting, said Julia Child. <laughs> I love that. Be a good host. And so I like when people come to our company. We have people who take tours of Buffini Company every single day. We are set up for people to be hosted here at our own company during the workday. Any time of day that someone comes walking through here, that they'll have an excellent experience. When people come to our events, people have a superb experience at our events. And we've done these for 23 years. But the mindset of our staff is to be hospitable, for us to be good hosts. 
when people come to your place of business. Be a good host. It's a very, very powerful thing. And hospitality, very powerful. And by the way, great examples of it throughout human history. In fact, in biblical times, hospitality was one of the highest virtues and one of the highest standards. When somebody wasn't hospitable, it was a bad juju indeed, okay? So hospitality, very, very powerful. A movie came out years ago called Lone Survivor and the story of these Navy SEALs. And this one Navy SEAL was protected by a Muslim community because of the ethical code of Pashtun Wali, which is a code of hospitality. That's thousands of years of history. And this one chief in Afghanistan actually stood up to the Taliban. His town was attacked by the Taliban because when this Navy SEAL came injured into his town, the principle of hospitality called Pashtun Wali was really what he needed to do. So we've covered some stuff here today that I'd be honest with you, it's a big deal to me. I'm just really excited. I hope it becomes a big deal to you. I hope it hasn't come off like get off my lawn and the music's too loud. But we shared with you a stage of life survey that kids are noticing it too. We are a less civil society. We are politically divided. We are able to say things anonymously on social media that we would never have the guts to say to someone in person. And overall, just there's less respect and less courtesy. And I'm going to share with you, if you want to succeed, the top of the ladder is not crowded. They say it's lonely at the top. It's the bottom of the ladder that's crowded. And so if you want to live an uncommon life and have uncommon success, commit to courtesy. Make sure the principles of respect where you revere, esteem, serve, you're polite, encourage care, and develop trust. And then ultimately, that spirit of hospitality. Be friendly, be generous, and be a good host. And I hope we've been a good host to you in this podcast. We hope that we've encouraged you and treated you with respect and courtesy. And I'm going to hand you over to the host of our show, Mr. David Lally, who knows a little bit about hospitality himself. Take it away, Dave. Really love today's message, Brian. This is definitely your sweet spot, teaching on these kinds of principles. In a way, it's hard to believe you'd have to talk about how to be courteous or hospitable, but today's world could definitely do with more of this kind of stuff. And you can get even more exclusive content and goodies when you become a Buffini Insider. Today, all the insiders are receiving an awesome quote book featuring some of Brian's favorite quotes from past episodes. If you're not yet an insider, but want to get on board with receiving this type of bonus material and more, you can join us at thebrianbuffinishow.com slash insiders. And as always, here's Brian's mum, Therese, to close out our show. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. Until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.